welcome back to the Get Back Coach, presented by Apollo Media. It's good to be back. We greatly apologize for not being able to put out a podcast last week. Um, we did say we were going to put one out a day late on Wednesday. However, um, my voice was shot. Uh, Jay's voice sounded like the baby in Roger and who framed Roger rabbit. It was <laughs> so bad. Um, so I, I was had, in, I was in genuine pain. <laughs> yeah. So I tried, I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. I tried to do a one man show and I'm going to be honest. It, it wasn't great, but to make matters even worse, like our connection was really bad and I, we had some, I had some technical issues. So I just said, you know what? I'm just going to throw this out because uh, I wouldn't want to put anything out that is not up to our standard. And I do feel like we have a decent standard here. So I didn't want to put it out and we just took the week as a loss, but it wasn't really a loss. Hold on just a second. I'll be right back. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, All right. Jay just took off, but anyway, so it was again, we do, we do apologize, but it was not a total loss last week. We had the pleasure. Jay comes up to happy Valley flies in. We take him on a, on a little bit of a tour to Penn state and then have the game on Saturday. But Jay explain your weekend to everybody because you had a heck of a time in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, really, the weekend started on Thursday uh, when I flew into Philadelphia uh, early in the morning, get my rental car from the airport and and then get to the hotel down in the Naval Yard, go to the Knicks, get a, a real Philadelphia hoagie for the first time. Uh, just a classic hoagie to start things off. Uh, went to see some of the branded sports boys up in their office mm-hmm. uh, in, in City Center in Philly. Uh, had a, a cheesesteak and about four sour monkeys at Victory Brewing, <laughs> which if you don't know, uh, well, the sour monkeys are nine and a half percent alcohol, so they're not uh, exactly just uh, chugging beers. Yeah, they're yeah. heavy. Uh, and then we go to the Phillies game. I had a great time. Had crab fries. I mean, it was a great experience. Chicken and Pete's baby. Love chicken Chicken and Pete's. Uh, woke up extremely hungover Friday morning and, uh, drove to Penn state (laughs) to state college. And, uh, you know, the, the drive through the Pennsylvania countryside, uh, where I got to see Amish people for the first time in a long time. Uh, I think the last time I saw him was in like Missouri, but that, yeah, there's dudes on plows. Uh, you know, they had the, uh, the horse and buggies going on. I mean, it was kind of a wild scene, but cool to see, uh, and then get to state college. You took me to, uh, Friday night. You took me to uh first, I believe the, it's the called. first. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just want to explain to everybody my initial plan. So my initial plan was to take Jay on a bar crawl. Um, I had five Which, bar because I subjected Jake to oh a, a very very violent uh Northgate bar yeah, crawl in college station. Yeah, we went through Northgate uh, last year. Jay took me through, and I mean, I had a great time. <laughs> I had a great time, but I really got to experience 
Northgate and College Station. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Dixie Chicken to this day, one of um, one of the cooler establishments I've ever been in. But I was going to return the favor. I had about five or six. I knew that we couldn't do uh, too many just because of covers or uh, covers and it'd be packed. But it was actually my first time out in downtown State College the night before a whiteout. And the place, it, it was it was a zoo. Like, it was a complete mob scene out there. We were walking around, and, and there were legitimate 30-minute waits at 7 o'clock to get into bars. Um, and granted, we didn't even eat. Like, the only thing we did have, the only thing we did have is I did take Jay to the creamery first because I knew it was going to be jam-packed later on. So That's I took- the best cream I've ever had, by the way. Yeah, it's it's really good. I'm so glad uh, you said that, Jay, because you had the stickies, right? Grilled stickies ice cream. Yeah, which is because I I had had grilled stickies before. Shout out to friend of the show, Dumper Jones, for yep. sending me some down. Uh, so I was like, I'll get the grilled stickies ice cream. And it was heavenly. Yeah, which I just I'm just realizing now. I don't think we grilled any grilled stickies at the tailgate. We did not, but that's we did okay. not. We had them too. We just never did. But anyway, so going back to our uh, Jay's experience in Happy Valley. So we get some creamery ice cream, Penn State creamery ice cream. By the way, if you ever driving through Penn State, don't you worry about that ice cream melting on the way home. If you want to get a nice tub of it, they do have dry ice for you to uh, take back for your travels. So take a little nice little walk. Um, walk through campus a little bit. Oh, Jay she sees the shrine. Um, pick the pick the pick the the lion's nose a little bit. No one went after <laughs> you, by the way. I was actually nobody was, did. No one did. Lots of likes, um, which was good. And then we go downtown where it was an absolute mob. And I wanted him to go to cafe to eat first. That was at least a forty minute wait. We were starving, so I was like, you know what? If we're going to go to a bar, I at least want Jay to go to a nice pub basement bar. So I took him to the first. Uh, yeah, because we don't have basements in Texas. Yeah. that's So that was because you even said when you, you came up, came to my house, like, like he goes, this is uh, you like, like the basement. I'm like, oh, and you were saying about, oh, yeah, we don't have basements in Texas. That's nuts. <laughs> it's it's I mean, I guess it's something to do with the soil down here. Because uh, you would think we would have basements given the propensity for tornadoes, especially in like the DFW area. Right. Uh, but yeah, we just don't really have basements in Texas. Uh, but yeah, going to the first, which was like a basement pub kind of, I mean, not like full on speakeasy vibes because you had like uh, bars, like you had a cover band that was absolutely mm-hmm. ripping uh, <laughs> and they, they were having a good time and. I mean, more beers, and it was a good time. I mean, it's it's hard to complain. I mean, I know you wanted to get me on a full bar crawl, but considering I was still kind of recovering from the Phillies game the night before, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it kind of worked out for the best because we would sleep that night, and boy, howdy, did we get after it for the tailgate on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, we get into the lot at about 10 o'clock. Actually, probably a little before that, probably like, 945 ish we get into the lot and um yeah it's a full actually jay i did like the one thing you i think we get out of the car and like everyone has their job of like what to do like 
putting up the tents and everything like that. And I think you said was this is an operation. <laughs> this is an operation. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a full scale operation, dude. Y'all had y'all had everything kind of ready to go, already a plan. And I mean, y'all have been doing that for a while, right? Like that. That this isn't your first year tailgating. I think no, people don't no. realize how much trial and error there is to really having an elite tailgate. Oh yeah, no, it is. But you and could that- make it easy and have like the you know the sponsored tailgates going on but that that's not really the same experience you it's, know it's getting not. out there and doing it yourself that is an operation and it was one that i appreciated and you know it's passed down too like you know my, my father with, did it with our family and then um you know i think the last five years i think the last five years i've been with um you know the car family and you know or the volanskis and then this this time around, we had um, uh, my friend Siegel and Becca who came with us. So we had legitimate. It was probably like a fifteen person tailgate rolling in, you know, of like six cars, you know, five six cars deep. But it's it's a fun. It's not only fun. It's it's a tradition. It's hey, this is what we do. We go to a cow pasture, uh, you know, half the weekends in the fall to you know, get after it and, and, and watch the lions play. But, and that is a difference, Jay, because we did go to like some of the sponsored tailgates meeting up with our good friend, Joe. Uh, but how did you feel like, you know, going through like the RV lots and then, or at least one of the RV lots and then like going, like kind of having like a little tailgate tour around it. Cause I know it's a different setup than a and M. Yeah, and I think I made this comment to you, but it, it felt like a NASCAR race. Uh, if you ever make it down to Daytona, it's like RV lots and then like grass lots, and people are just drinking right off the backs of their cars. And it's it's a different setup from A and M, where you kind of have to like unload your car, uh, get the tailgate set up, and then go park. Uh, and LSU is very similar. And I think we decided like the reason it's probably like that is because down here, I think the football stadiums tend to be like the centerpiece of the campus. So you don't have like the fields close to the stadium. Whereas like Penn state Beaver stadiums on the edge of campus. So you have like those off campus lots where uh, everybody's parking in the grass and the tailgates set up perfectly. Uh, The flip side of that too is y'all's grass is a lot better than ours. Uh, (laughs) Texas grass isn't, doesn't lend itself to being like welcoming to tailgate. Like Penn state, the grass up there is a little bit softer. Right. And I, and I know this is kind of a weird thing to talk about, but I do think it makes a difference for tailgating purposes. Like uh, it was just kind of nice. And like even with the weather being a little bit a uh, little bit bad for y'all, great for me personally, because <laughs> I wasn't sweating. Uh, everybody was just having a good time. And, you know, I got the I got the hit stump that didn't go well. You will not see that video because it was terrible. Uh, had a I mean. The food was great. Like there was a whole bunch of food that y'all had going. Uh, Seagull made those great breakfast sandwiches, and I was a savage and put oh. some some leftover pizza on one of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, it was just it was a really cool experience. Different tailgating scene from like what we what I'm used to, but still just fantastic. It's definitely. Di- I mean, because I've been down in I've been down to Tennessee and you know, South, South Carolina, which I've talked about, I've been a little critical of them with theirs, with their setup. And, you know, the other one is Clemson. I will say this. 
Clemson and Penn State, I think, have similar tailgating vibes because it is very much, hey, park your car. I, I do think the although the one cool thing about Clemson is they have like people on golf carts just like driving around everywhere. It's it's like they've been there since like Thursday. It's <laughs> yeah. just been like set up, but um, yeah, but yeah, Penn State. It's on the it's it's kind of a blessing that it's not on campus like a lot of these southern uh, southern stadiums are, where Penn State's on the outskirts, so you have all these different lots. But it's I was talking to Joe, so Jay, you don't know this, but so I was talking to Joe last week when we did weekend winners. Um, we uh, weekend winners tune in uh, every uh, Friday morning at around eleven o'clock. Uh, usually tweet that out from our get back coach account. But um, I was talking to our friend Joe and they had like that sponsored, very ritzy, a little more ritzy, you know, and he was trying to find us. And of course, Penn State's a dead zone after two o'clock in the afternoon. So as he's coming to find us, like we, we're not picking up, but he was telling me, he's like, you guys look like you were in like you were with the degenerates, like you were with yeah. like the you Which were is with, what I want. Those yeah, are my people like you're with the regular people. And like, like I said, lot thir- we're in lot 34 um, and it's a fun lot. It's a good mix. You know, sometimes if you go to lot 12, it's two. it's either two wine and cheese or the other side. It's like frat bros, but no offense to the frat bros, but it's it's a different scene. <laughs> but no, we we had a so we had a great time. And then we go into the stadium. And Jay, as we're on top of the stadium, I'm trying to show you like the different like the R the massive RV lot still. And you tell me something that I'm a little not taken back, but something I take for granted being in Pennsylvania that you said was absolutely stunning. And tell the people what that was. Yeah. Uh so for those of you unfamiliar with the geography of Southeast Texas, very, very flat. Uh from Houston to College Station, I mean, you don't get a lot of elevation change. And off of the back of Beaver Stadium, you look around past the lots that Jake was trying to show me, and it's a really mountainous region of the country. And so you see all these hills and mountains in the distance, and it's the the silhouettes, and I'm just like, Man, this is this is gorgeous. And uh, the whole time, like, I mean, it's still kind of raining and cloudy. So you have like bits of mist and, and bits of fog kind of like shrouding some of it. And it's it's just a it was a gorgeous sight. And like, again, like you're used to it. So you didn't think twice about no. it. But I had to take a minute to just kind of soak it all in. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, this is uh, this is beautiful. Yeah. And I think you were kind of like, all right, <laughs> I guess if you say <laughs> so. If, it's like, all right. Um, be, well, the thing is, like, when you think of like mountainous stadiums it's like you think of byu byu and utah uh, and or even like on the east coast to like an app state yeah um exactly and you know penn state it's not necessarily like that but it's just in the background you know like on the south side you have mountain nittany in the back and then you have these other mountains um where you you were looking at you know on on the on the north side but no, it's it it is a it's a very nice view. It is, and then the game happened, and I'll say this, Jay. I'm glad the crowd was at least into it. Um, I will say the opening, the entrance was flat. I don't know what happened with something with the like the mics or the snare drums, but like the opening was like kind of off. Where I was like, that's weird, and it got me nervous for the rest of the day. I'm like, oh, I hope this crowd isn't dead for this. But then 
I, I don't know. They, the crowd was pretty well for it to like raining all day. Like I thought it did yeah. a good job. Yeah. And uh, I mean, even with the, the rain, it, it got pretty loud. Plus, I mean, I probably had a, a couple, three, four beers, you know, before, before the game. So, uh, and then a few more in the game, but yeah, it, it's, it was a very loud crowd. I, I get what you're saying about it being flat, but I mean, it was still pretty, pretty electric for the entrance. Mm. Uh, and then like the first defensive series, Penn state is just getting after, uh, Iowa from the jump and the crowd was immediately just flipped the switch mm-hmm. and it was, uh, it was pretty much on from there. And then obviously Penn state goes on to absolutely dominate the contest. And, you know, it, it was, it was a very, very special environment. And it, you could tell that everybody was, was into it and, and, you know, pretty intelligent fans too. I didn't hear a lot of get them, get them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, so I, I had, I mean, Penn state is obviously one of the best environments in the country bar none. Uh, it, it rocketed up my list. You know, I talked about it on Aggie Warpod, uh, and I, I like. I'm obviously biased towards Kyle Field, but I think that State College compares very well w- with Kyle Field and with College Station. Uh, Happy Valley is a is a place that you have to go see a game if you're a fan of college football. Uh, and and I want to take a second to say something too. Uh, I'm not saying you have to enjoy games this way. But when you go to a place and you allow yourself to be a fan for a day and just soak in everything and just be like if you're going to Penn State, be a, be a Nittany Lion for a day. Or if you go to like West Virginia last year for me, be a Mountaineer for a day. People love you for it and they will give you the best experience you can have. I mean, everybody like you, you explain to them that, you know, it's your first time and that you're going to be supporting them that day. Uh, and they want to show you the best time that they possibly can because they have a, a passion for that place. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that you have to do it, but it's a pretty damn fun way to enjoy a game and in a, in a site that you don't necessarily have too much invested in either team. No, it's no. And, and that's, it's exactly right. Jay, um, you know, you go to stadiums, just allow yourself to kind of be a fan for a day. Um, listen, I, you know, I got Alabama LSU coming up that I'll be down for. And, you know, I'm going to allow myself to, you know, enjoy Alabama, <laughs> you know, yeah. that, and, you know, and, uh, you know, just kind of enjoy it. Not, and, and here's the other thing that I think people do when they go places that are special. I think, I think a lot of them, it's like, okay, let's see how special this place actually is. And I don't think it allows them to enjoy it as much because I think they're constantly trying to like, it's like the old Jerry Seinfeld reference where, you know, he said that people used to, when he used to come out and, you know, be a comedian, he's, they used to come, he used to come out and they used to say now the greatest comedian of all time, Jerry Seinfeld. And then people kind of sit back and go, like, Oh, he thinks he's the greatest. Like, let's see the funny man. And it's kind of similar here just kind of almost shut your brain off for a little bit and just emerge yourself in college football. Cause if there's any sport, you know, I, I will give you some flowers, you know, besides maybe European soccer, I don't think there's a more interactive sport than college football where you go to, you know, 20 different places and you get 20 different experiences. 
Yeah. Like a vastly different experience. So I am so happy that you had a good time. I'm happy that it didn't, the rain wasn't that bad and it didn't ruin it. Um, and that you got a, you got a pretty good happy Valley experience. So I'm very happy you came up and we got to figure out something for next year too. I, I think I actually have something up my sleeve, but you well, we'll have we, to we don't want to we don't want to promise and then not be able to deliver. So we'll hold off on that. Exactly. But it we has also to do... we also have to get you back to a, a game at Cowfield where it's not an 11 a.m. kick. And yes, and you don't get to tailgate before. Also true. But it does have to do with a cult troll exchange. But we'll we're going to say we're going to put a pin in that for the time being. I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to tell you what I'm thinking about later. But, Jay, that was not the only game you went to. You. The following week, and this is where we're going to kick off our week five recap, is uh, you went to the Sam Houston game against Jacksonville State, and a very good game that was. Tell the people yeah. about it, because I missed some yeah. of this, by the way. So so uh, Sam Houston State and Jacksonville State are familiar foes. Uh, oh, they yeah. both made the jump up to FBS this year. Found out this game's called the Gravy Bowl. Uh and apparently this goes back to like one of the players getting innovated or interviewed and, and saying that the, the game would be gravy for their team. And so now it's just kind of as, as it is, right? Like the, the rivalries in, in college football need to be shrouded in mystery. Uh, but, uh, you know, Sam Houston state started the year. Oh, and three, uh, they've had a rough go of it. Their first year in FBS, uh, First conference game at their home stadium. First game as an FBS state, uh, team at their home stadium. They showed up in spite of their 0-3 start. I mean, the place got packed by the end of it. Uh, and what an ending it was, unfortunately, for Sam Houston State. They jump out to a 21-7 lead. Looks like they're finally going to get a win in the books, and which they needed. And then the comeback happens. Jacksonville State ties it up, goes to overtime, and uh, the Gamecocks are able to win it in uh in Huntsville, Texas and uh Sam Houston State moves to 0 and 4. They get Liberty next so they're probably looking at 0 and 5. Uh tough scenes obviously for a team that was competitive for FCS championships and won one in 2021. Uh but you know, it's always going to be a challenge when you move from the FCS to FBS. I think uh James Madison kind of spoiled everybody yeah uh, on their expectation. Uh but you know, fantastic game. Uh and this goes back to like, obviously, like I'm not going to compare Bauer Stadium to to Happy Valley, but going to Huntsville and just kind of being a fan for a day, uh, it was a really fun environment and getting to soak in everything. The stadium, I will say, <laughs> needs some renovations, which are on the way. Uh, there was one point where the scoreboard just went completely out, <laughs> but uh, it was it was a fun game and and. I mean, you couldn't have a better way to kick off the weekend than with uh, the Thursday night overtime Conference USA contest. No, no, absolutely. It's um, listen, Sam Houston. I, I do think Sam Houston is going to be okay in the grand scheme of things. I do think they they probably they do need some renovations to their stadium. I think that would help recruiting. They're coming. Yeah. I think they've got like sixty, eighty million dollars coming in. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be fine. Uh, moving on to Friday, uh, the one of the big. One of the bigger games this year, Oregon State versus Utah. Uh, the Beaver, Beaver Fever, baby. Beaver Fever. Listen, I said it. You know it, that line. You could. You cannot tell me Utah or um, Utah was getting four and a half. You could not tell me 
that that wine didn't smell and it didn't stink. Um, but people have been paying attention might have seen that coming. Listen, Utah's offense is it's struggling right now without Cam Rising. It is yeah. struggling. No offense to um, Bryson Barnes or Johnson. It's struggling right now. And Oregon, and State, Oregon State has a pretty good defense. Exactly. Oregon State has a good defense on top of that. Their offense is a little more ground and pound, but they, they have an identity and they're tough. And listen, this Pac-12 continues to impress me. Again, I don't think they have anyone that can win a national title. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think they have two teams that could win it. Um, but I do think there are flaws in that game. But the Pac-12 is super fun. And it's and we say it every week, but it's 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 such a shame that it's such a shame that they're getting rid of this conference. But Oregon State, Beaver Fever, uh listen, I caught it. I'm gonna continue to have it. Corvallis looked amazing. Their rent their renovations looked absolutely incredible. That is a power five program and they deserve to be power five big 12. What are you doing? Pick up the beavers. Yeah. I mean, now that I'm unemployed, I would love to just get employed by the, uh, the upper Northwest and, and go to just like Oregon state and Oregon and Washington spend my time up there, uh, covering college football. But, uh, nah, I mean, Hats off to Oregon State. You bounce back from a tough loss against Wazoo. Uh, you beat a Utah team that's tough. Uh, even without Cam Rising, I mean, that Utah defense is still extremely impressive. Uh, I, I hope Cam Rising is able to come back sooner rather than later, though, because I think this Utah team is still very, very good. They are. They need a quarterback. They do. And Bryson Barnes, I think, has – before Friday, Bryson Barnes did enough to keep them afloat. But I think now with more scouting and with more film on him, I I think they're really starting to pick apart some of his weaknesses. Um, but yeah, I Oregon State Oregon State's a really good football team, but Utah they desperately desperately need Cam Rising back. That takes us uh, to Saturday. Saturday, Saturday, and uh, what what is what game are we starting off with, Jay? We are starting off with uh, the mighty SEC, who does not look so mighty this year, if I'm being honest. Uh, Georgia narrowly avoids an upset at Auburn. Now, I get it. This is the Deep South's oldest rivalry, and rivalry games do tend to be a little bit wonky at times. Uh, But Georgia struggled. Uh, They struggled big time, and and Auburn runs for over 200 yards. I mean, it's... The SEC just feels wide open this year. Uh, I, I like now. I, I mean, I think Kentucky's going to give Georgia a pretty good game, and we'll, we'll get into that later. But uh, you know, I just I don't. I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed with Georgia. I don't think they're the number one team in the country right now. I, I would, can still say though, wholeheartedly, uh, Brock Bowers is him. <laughs> He's amazing. <laughs> like I, I, I know, I know. If anyone from Florida is listening, they're going to hate this. I know my NFL friends, when I told them this, they immediately brought up Kyle Pitts. I think Brock Bowers is the best tight end. Um, I almost said recruit. The best tight end prospect s- since I, I can't remember when. Yeah, Again, I mean. And I know Kyle Pitts. I know Kyle Pitts was very sought after. Um, but, like, Brock Bowers is – he he's amazing. 
I think you can go back to like George Kittle. I was Jay. Uh, get out of get out of my brain. <laughs> I was literally gonna say he reminds me of George Kittle, yeah. like, th- and this guy is so good. Brock Bowers is absolute. Is he's a freak, absolute freak. He torched Auburn. Auburn had no answer for it. Um, but what is concerning with Georgia to me is that like is that rush defense? Yeah, give up over two hundred yards to Auburn again. Uh, you know, Auburn loses Tank Bisbee. You know, Jacquez Hunter is uh, an amazing running back. But I don't know if they have – do they have but, the guys on the line? Like, is that a strength, Well, and the think? problem with Auburn, too, is they're so one-dimensional that you know the run's coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, they haven't been able to establish, establish the passing game at all with Peyton Thorne. And, yeah, and I think that could have something to do with it is that, you know, they had success with Robbie Ashford coming in and running read option. Yeah, and again, if you can't line up against somebody, what are you going? You're going to run a lot of read option. You're going to have your read and pitch keys, and you're going to leave a man unblocked to run option with. And I think that's where Auburn found success. However, that's not sustainable for Auburn. But it did make this game at least co- close. It kept them in the game. Listen, I still believe George is the best football team in the country, but man, they look mortal. And I, I think there's a handful of teams that are better than Georgia right now. Really? We'll, we'll you see. think so? We'll we will see. see. I, we will see. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, teams that maybe have a chance to make the playoff, uh, USC uh, beats Colorado. Uh, this game, first of all, uh, I don't love that they ended up, you know, putting this game on at, at 10 o'clock local time. I know. Right? right. Like you're up in the mountains and I think that takes the crowd out of it, it does. quite a bit, to be honest with you. Uh, USC jumps out to an early lead. They kind of fade as the game goes on. Hey, you know what? It's so tough to uh, hang on late in the game, Jake, in Colorado. Elevation. Elevation. Yep. Uh, but, you know, the Buffs made a game out of it. I love what I saw from them as far as no quit. Uh, they're still going to struggle against teams that have more talent up front, I think, in my in my estimation. Uh, but, man. Shadur Sanders is still a heck of a player. He's uh, great. There was some clock mismanagement by Colorado that I think cost them as well at the end. Uh, I think they could have had it set up. And obviously, like, with USC's offense, you, you worry about giving them the ball back. But Absolutely. I think they could have uh, scored in a hurry and then not have to have kicked that onside kick and maybe have had a chance to get the ball back. Uh, with that being said, though, I think Colorado looks good in defeat. USC is still looking like one of the favorites out of the Pac-12. Uh, like you said, man, this conference is just – it's a lot of fun this year. It is. Uh, I, I'm i still worried about USC and their defense. Um, oh, again, 100%. Colorado has a good offense, but USC, that's going to that's gonna kill them because all a team has to do, like Utah did in the Pac-12 championship, all – you have to do what USC is get like four stops, get three, four stops and you're golden. And it, it's, it might be game over because they ain't stopping anybody. Alex Grinch, who we used to, I used to like Alex Grinch when he's at Oklahoma. I thought he was a guy who was underrated. He, I, I don't know what's happening. I do not know what's happening, but USC's defense is going to kill him because they have an elite offense. That offense is amazing. It's championship. It's a championship caliber offense. The defense is just so suspect at times. And 
I don't think this game was really ever in doubt. I know there was a glimmer of hope at the end for Colorado. Hats off to Colorado for, you know, you know, again, playing, not quitting, <laughs> not quitting, playing to the last whistle. I, those guys are going to fight, but um, I never felt like USC was going to lose this game. Even at yeah. the end, I was like, "Ooh, okay, onside kick time," you know, which you get a little nervous for. But I was like, "Yeah, I think they're okay." Yeah. But that leads us to always one of the stranger games, and even the score. Look at the score: thirty-four twenty-two. It's just all this game is just so weird. But uh, Jay, this is one I this is one I missed. So this one's all you. Yeah, uh, and honestly, thirty-four twenty-two. Uh, you know, A and M. Jumped on Arkansas kind of early. Arkansas drives down the field and and gets a field goal to start this game. A and M gets a touchdown, and then it kind of felt like A and M's game from then on. But there were moments where Arkansas was kind of giving hope because this game was weird. A uh, and M has a seventeen six lead going into halftime. Coming out of the half, they throw a pick six, so Arkansas is right back in it. But then, I mean, in in the second half, Arkansas wasn't able to get anything going at all. Uh, I think like we, I looked at their drive chart earlier and it was like three plays punt, three mm-hmm. plays punt, four plays punt. Like it was, it was a really good defensive performance by A&M. Once again, 15 tackles for loss and I think seven sacks. So very similar numbers to what they did against Auburn. Yeah. Uh, I mean the defense, it seems like DJ Durkin has kind of taken the uh, training wheels off the defensive line and let them go. Uh, A&M still has some issues in the secondary that they're going to have to worry about, but the score here is kind of deceiving because Arkansas gets a touchdown from a pick six, and then a couple of those field goals are also from short fields where A&M turned the ball over. A&M had three turnovers. They lost the turnover battle, uh, and Arkansas wasn't penalized at all in this game, and A&M still kind of felt like they were the dominant team. Uh, obviously it's a, it's a two score game. Uh, and, in this rivalry in this game, you take those, but, uh, honestly, I think this game could have been a lot worse. Uh, Arkansas's lone offensive touchdown comes kind of in garbage time. Uh, it's late in the game and, and, and AM's kind of in control. Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, really, really good performance for the Aggies. And obviously like I'm a little bit biased here as an AM fan, but, uh, it feels like this defense has has really turned a page, uh, and you know if if you're going to get 15 tackles for loss over, uh, I guess it's 30 tackles for loss total over two games and and multiple sacks. I mean, I don't know what more you could want. This is that number one uh, recruiting class with all those defensive linemen finally coming home to roost, and then you see what they're able to accomplish. Yeah. Um- from what I did see, just a couple highlights or whatever. Listen, Texas A and M is a good football team. We're gonna see how good they really are, but Texas A and M is a good football team. That defense, I, I really do like their defense. You know, Connor Wegman going down, it, it just kills this team. You know, and he's done for the year, correct, Jay? Yeah, he's done for the year. And honestly, like Max Johnson, I don't think is bad. Like as no. far as backups go, it's not a bad situation uh, for A and M. Uh, but the defense is going to be what wins this team games. I mean, you look at Arkansas's rushing numbers, 39 rushes for 42 yards. Mm-hmm. That is 1.1 yards per carry yeah, for that's, Arkansas. that's pretty good. Uh, 
I mean, it, it's KJ Jefferson's limited to 18 carries for negative three yards. And uh, KJ Jefferson is not a g- easy guy to bring down behind no, a scrimmage. No, no, he is not. Uh, nine completions for 132 yards. So it's a pretty, pretty damn good defensive performance from AM. I have a question for you. Is Sam Pittman's seat getting warm? The Arkansas fans are not happy with Sam Pittman at the moment. Uh, that's three losses in a row. Uh, obviously, like losing at LSU, I think is forgivable. Uh, but losing to BYU at home and then losing to A and M in you know a game that wasn't ultra competitive, uh, it's not a good sign for Arkansas. And now you have at Ole Miss at Alabama next up on the schedule. And so, then on top of that, next year you lose KJ. Is there an answer? You lose you lose KJ and you have OU in Texas coming into the conference. Exactly. And you know, was Sam Pittman was Sam was Sam Pittman a one hit one? And I like Sam Pittman. I do. I think I I think he's perfect for Arkansas. However, they had one good season. They had one good season. They won nine games. And now, what, seven wins? I think they won seven wins, what, back? Seven wins last year, and now this year, they don't look as good. So, I don't know. It's – I don't know what's going to happen in Fayetteville, but uh, I think his his seat's definitely getting warm. Yeah, his seat's going to be really hot. And, you know, I also think that people are going to have an itchier trigger finger with everything just because of the way realignment's shaking out and, and you don't want to be – uh, caught behind the eight ball, as it were. Exactly. Uh, but again, as an AM fan, very happy with the performance on Saturday. As you should be. Um, we're going to stay in the SEC. Kentucky handles Florida. Um, oh, I'm so glad I was all over this one. All over this one. I had Kentucky <laughs> early in this. Um, listen, and, and here here's the deal. Kentucky is grounded pound. They are the same. They are Kentucky. They've been the same. The Iowa of the SEC. Yeah, they, they are the same Kentucky team. Team uh, they were two years ago. They're the same team. Now they have Devin Leary, who I think can sling it. And I know they're using they're using Devin Leary like they use Will Levis as far as um, passing attempts. I think Will Levis is more of a Will Levis was more of a runner, um, or at least a, a guy that's going to lower the shoulder. Devin Leary isn't. But I think Devin Leary can sling that ball a little bit if they need to. But the thing is, they don't need to. Um, What's his name? Gabe? No, not Gabe Davis. Ray Davis. Ray Davis is their running back. Amazing. Really tough runner. And listen, they just stuck it to Florida. Florida is not a good offensive team. And their defense is even inconsistent. And I'm going to say something. Should I say? You know what? I'm going to say Florida's soft, man. Florida is soft. They are a soft football team. They they certainly lack the physicality that they've had in the past. I'm I'm always hesitant to use the word soft just okay. because of uh the connotation there. Like we are sitting I mean, both of us have at least played football, right? But well, you we are sitting fi- you are a much higher level than me, but <laughs> No, but uh, I mean it's it's tough, uh, and especially when somebody's as physical as Kentucky is. But yeah, you, you oh. give up three hundred twenty nine yards rushing. I mean, that's not, not great. Good. 
how how about this? How about let's 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 replace it. Let's be let's be better, or at least for me, I need to be better. <laughs> so I'm gonna say this: they are not holding up well in the trenches. This is a team that does that, not that hold is fair up to say well in the trenches and gets worn down very very easily. Did, did I do better? Mm-hmm. There, I think better. so. That was better. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't say so. No, it's just I know. something that I stay it's, away from. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Listen, you're, you're the more positive person anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> wholesome. So, so, yes, very wholesome. So, yeah, K- Kentucky handles Florida. Uh, again, we're going to talk about SEC fans not being happy with their coach. Uh, Billy Napier, <laughs> not happy with him. Um, we'll see how that all shakes out. Because again, you know who I, else isn't happy with their coach at the moment? Oh yes, oh yeah, I love this next one. The LSU family <laughs> uh, is not necessarily thrilled with Brian Kelly, and I mean, you want to talk about you know maybe some physicality lacking, and maybe this is just relative because I'm so used to LSU being such a physical, physical yeah. football team. They just don't have that same identity. And obviously, like offensively, they're still a very good team. I mean, yeah, Jaden Daniels good. is very fun to watch. Uh, very good but, team. Man, uh, what a game between Ole Miss and LSU. I mean, this game felt like I was on more cocaine than a than an Oxford frat house, <laughs> to be honest with you. Uh, but Ole Miss comes out on top, rushes the field. Uh, I mean, I, should we talk about that too? What, the kid? Yeah, maybe maybe don't scream up, yeah. like run up on somebody screaming "f your school" and then yeah. get shocked and say like, "I got you on camera," and then call the guy a name when you got shoved to the ground and ran away. Yeah, I mean, so here's look, I'm just saying, if anybody looks like the what he said in that video in that situation, yeah, it's probably gonna be the kid. So let, let's talk before we talk about the game. Let, let let's talk about the kid, that kid for a second. Okay, I know you are pro field storming. Right. Yeah, but uh, I think I'm also starting to lean towards uh, you should have your rights waived. Yes, <laughs> you storm no, no, no. the field. I so that's I want somebody where to get I Stan am. Hansen clotheslined. Yes, so that's, that's where, where I'm at I'm now. So here's the thing, kids. I'm all support of kids having fun. Even I, I, I kind of, you know, um, I said some things about Colorado. Maybe not. Uh, storming the field against Colorado state. Um, but you know, for the most part, I am pretty pro field storming. I think it's, it's a fun thing. It makes the sport wonderful. But when you run on the field, you are now on the player's domain. If you're just running on the field, if that kid was just running on the field, I highly doubt that LSU player shoves him. Okay. But that guy's yelling, you know, FLSU. And then by the way, also, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a one for violence. However, if that LSU guy really wanted to clock him, he could have ended his life. He gave him, a, he gave him a little forearm shove, like get away from me. All right. I mean, he's sticking the camera in his face too. Exactly. So it's like it's like get away from me. The guy, oh, I got you on camera. No, that kid, that kid is a little punk. And again, I'm not advocating for hitting uh, people who storm the field, but when you, I'm not kidding for hitting that kid. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That one that, I mean, not actually, not actually, that kid was an idiot. Legally we could get in trouble for it. Yeah. yeah. uh, That kid was acting like an idiot. Um, 
And that LSU player could have ended that kid's life if he really wanted to. He gave him a little shove. And of course, being a big, strong man that LSU player is, um, you know, th- that kid went flying like a, like a ton of bricks. So, yeah, um, let's talk about this game. Probably the wildest game of the day. One of the wildest games of the year. Uh, Lane Kiffin finally, I don't know, is, is that his, that's his signature win at Ole Miss, right? I think it has to be. So it has far. to be right. I mean, yeah, we're not counting the egg bowl or did he win an egg bowl? Yeah. I'm yeah, he did. Sure. I think he won. Uh, that's, that's his signature win. And you know what? I'm not a huge Lane Kiffin guy, but it was nice seeing him, you know, happy with like the fans storming the field and everything like that. Like, I don't know. Lane's been around so long. I I, I am amused by his antics on social media sometimes it's troll jobs, but um, Ole Miss gets that win. Listen, their offense looked, I didn't think that offense was good. Good. I, I, sorry. I shouldn't say that. I thought the offense was always good, but I always thought it was a little, maybe tad like overrated. Um, I don't think Jackson dart this year has shown us too much, but man, they, they showed us on Saturday because that Ole Miss offense looked great. Jackson dart looked great. They, LSU, man, that secondary, DBU, LSU, is not looking like DBU. And it's their offense is really good. I would love this. LSU-USC would be a fantastic game of just offenses versus nothing on D. <laughs> I think the over-under in that game would be like 90, uh, and it would still probably hit. <laughs> oh, man. I would think about it. But I would think about it. But, but you go from the – the highest of highs in offense. Oh, oh uh, hang on. To... One, one, one more thing before we get into the lowest of lows of offense. RG3 is nuts. <laughs> did you hear what he said? I did not. Uh, to be I, honest I, with I, you, I I can repeat. I was, I, I was watching multiple games, and uh, I had the Ole Miss LSU game muted. Okay. He, he is like Bill Walton territory. He might be worse. <laughs> so... There was a play where I think Daniels tries to jump and like he's like caught in the air and like you have LSU guys pushing him forward. You have Ole Miss guys pushing him another way and he's just like up there like in the air. And this guy brings a Jesus reference about the cross and things. And I'm like, I look over to my roommate and I'm like, did he just say that? Like, there's no way he said that. And then, <laughs> and then <laughs> the the go broadcaster was like, "Wow, what, like almost like what is going on?" And then he said something else that <laughs> I can't think of what he said. But I listen. I love RG three. He comes off with the craziest stuff, man. He he's out of pocket. He needs to be controlled. But um, I just have to say, RG three is absolutely insane. And I do, love it. I do, I do love it, but yeah, it, look it up after this. Um, just type in like RG three Jesus on X slash Twitter and it'll, it, I'm sure it'll pop up, but yeah, RG three is an absolute menace. Um, but now let's get to the lowest of lows. This is it. <laughs> I, hey, Iowa, Michigan ju- state, just win baby. Iowa just win. Um, this was rough. This was rough. And to make matters worse for the Hawkeyes fans, Cade McNamara is out for the year. 
Um, and he was banged up and now he's out for the year. And man, I don't know how Iowa, Iowa's defense has got to really step up. Yeah. And, and, and I, and when I say step up, like they are legitimately carrying this team, like special teams had a, a special teams touchdown. Um, I mean, listen, Iowa, like we talked about Kentucky, Iowa's Iowa. They they have great special teams. They have a really good defense that makes teams their defense makes you make a mistake. They they let you dink and dunk and they say go for that go for that big play. Go for that big play cuz we're going to intercept it. And Iowa needs that more than ever because again, I don't know who who the quarterback is going in there, but it's not Cade McNamara and it was this offense was struggling with Cade McNamara. Um, listen, Iowa is a three quarters, three quarters of this football team is good. The problem is that last quarter of Iowa is, is bad, but I do think being in the big 10 West where you're going to see more defensive games, I think they can survive. Yeah. Uh, and, and let's be honest here, the big 10 West it, it's still there's still parity there, but the Big Ten West there, there's not like a elite team there. Uh, like I, I don't look at anybody in that con- or in that division and say you know there's gonna give some give Iowa some real problems. Uh, it'll still be fun to watch. Like don't get me wrong, uh, but I think we all know that the East is gonna be head and shoulders above uh, the the Big Ten West going into Indianapolis later it's, this year. It's top it's top heavy versus parity. Again, no one on I don't think anyone can argue that uh, Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State are leaps and bounds better than anybody in the West. Like it's not even close. But to be honest, I think Maryland may be better than anybody in the West too. Let's listen. First of all, rank Maryland, you cowards. Maryland, there's there's no excuse why Maryland shouldn't be ranked. However, the thing with Maryland is they are not good in the trenches. I think they're doing well now. I, I don't know how this team is going to be in a couple weeks. That's my only gripe with Maryland. Skill guys, very good. But I don't know how this team is going to be in the trenches down the line. I don't think Michigan State's very good now this year. Um, I mean, uh, listen, Michigan State was handing that game over to Iowa, like handing it to them and Iowa. It took Iowa a while before they finally took advantage. Um, Indiana has a lot of upperclassmen. I don't think they're any good. Um, I think Rutgers is more improved, but I just think Purdue surprising me a little bit in the West. I, I still think Illinois is decent enough. I think uh, Iowa. I gotta disagree with uh, you there. Uh, Illinois. I mean, they got they got blown out by by Purdue. Uh, really struggled against Florida Atlantic and Toledo. Hey, hey, those are solid group of five teams. Yeah, Florida Atlanta. Florida Atlantic is not particularly good. Oh, this year. they're not. Wait, what's Florida Atlantic's record? One three. No, the one win is Monmouth. No. What now, are granted, 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 the losses are Clemson and Ohio, other than Illinois. So neither one of those teams is bad. But uh, wait, and then hang on, they're uh, one and three right now. They're one and three right now. Lots of Clemson, lost to Illinois. 
All right, I'm telling you right now. Here, here's a here's a special for you. One, two, three, four. Eh, not good enough. Florida Atlantic is gonna go to a bowl game. I don't know. Is that okay. a hot take? Is that hot? I don't think that's that hot. But it's lukewarm. It's lukewarm. Anyway, Illinois, very one-dimensional. I'll say that, but at least they have spots where they're good. Um, Purdue surprising me. I think Nebraska's defense is good. I, I know they got 45 put on them against Michigan. I just think their offense is just so bad that they just can't. Once another team scores 21, it's over. Um, Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin is good. Um, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of parity in that Big Ten West. I think there those you have a lot of decent teams in there. I think Iowa, I think Iowa with Cade McNamara, I think would have beaten Wisconsin without. I I, I don't know because I don't yeah. know what that backup quarterback situation is going to be. But I, I we'll, do, we'll I see feel how bad. it goes. There. I feel bad. And, for and Iowa. again, I I'm a fan of Big Ten West football, so I don't say that I think the East is head and shoulders above them. Uh, to downplay the Big Ten West, I just I think there's. I don't think they're as likely to catch a team from the East as they have been in years past. Yeah, I get it. Hey, can we talk about our Mountaineers for a second? Our our West Virginia Mountaineers. Dude. Four and one. I said in the beginning of the year that this team was going to be bad. I, I said that Neil Brown is a lame duck coach and that um, West Virginia not firing him delayed the inevitable. Man, this guy might save his job. Yeah. Like And look, I I also thought Neil Brown was pretty much done, but I thought West Virginia might be a little bit better. Uh I did not see this coming at all. They lost so much. They lost their like most productive defensive guys. You know, they lost a couple portal guys. They they're this is this is a team. That is not a championship caliber team. However, they, the things they do do right, they run the ball very well. They have a defensive line that gets after it. Secondary is still not great. They've had some help there um, in the secondary with a couple of teams they played. A team that has a good passing game is going to kill them. However, Man, they're getting it done. They're four and one right now, and looking at their schedule and looking at the Big Twelve, because here, here's the thing of the Big Twelve: the bottom of the Big Twelve isn't good. Like, no, it's bad. And West Virginia, just being a competent team, is going to win games. We might see a West Virginia team that wins nine games this year. Yeah, I and think it, I think Neil Brown is going to save his job. And you look at it, and they don't have Texas on the schedule. They do have Oklahoma at Oklahoma. That's probably a loss. Uh, but but there are a lot of winnable games left on that schedule for him. It is. And listen, if you were to tell a Mountaineer fan, hey, you're if if they get to nine and three, hey, are you okay with nine and three? They would say absolutely. They would say yes, Neil Brown. But here's here's the problem. Everyone has a bad taste in their mouth with Neil Brown in the last two years, and. There is, and I'm not saying it's right, I'm saying it's wrong, there is a small majority of that fan base that is hoping they lose to get another coach because they feel like, oh my God, this guy's going to this guy's gonna, uh, um, save his job and 
he's going to give himself two more years for them to be mediocre again and then and then have to fire him. But you know who this kind of sounds like? I can't believe we're going to make this comparison. And it, it Jim Harbaugh. No, no, it, no, not Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> not that far. No, not that far. Because Jim Harbaugh was still a good coach before that year. This sounds a little like Mister. This sounds like the Nard Dog a little bit. <laughs> this sounds like a little Pat Narduzzi. And here's the thing, West Virginia fans. I'm saying this. I know I'm critical of Pat Narduzzi, but Pat Narduzzi was looking was staring at mediocrity in Pitt dead in the eyes and pick gave him a little bit of time. And you know what happened? They got a couple bigger wins and they ended up winning the ACC when, you know, the rest of the conference was kind of down. They win the ACC. They get a conference championship out of it. So there might be not looking great right now. Hang on. I, you wait for me to finish. (laughs) So there might be good things on the horizon. However, at some point, it's going to go back, and then you're going to have to fire him. Like, Neil Brown is not going to be a Mountaineer coach for life, but with this resurgence, who knows my, what might be in your future. Maybe some good wins, but the problem is, just like Pat Narduzzi, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to fall again. It's going to fall again. But maybe you guys can ride this way for another three, four years like Narduzzi did and at least was getting, you know, eight. Eight wins, nine wins. And I think West Virginia fans will take that for a while. Um, but, you know, Narduzzi does, does, did win a uh, conference championship, and he should be commended for that. Um, he's still a pretentious blowhard. But other than that, uh, Pat Narduzzi did an okay job at Pitt. Okay. And that was say something nice about Pat Narduzzi. Uh, Virginia Tech beat Pitt this weekend. Oh, they did. Good for Brent Pry. Brent Pry yeah. still has Pitt's number. Uh, oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. But, I can't uh, believe I'm rooting for Virginia Tech. Staying staying with the ACC kind of in a yeah. pseudo fashion, at mm-hmm. least one of the teams is ACC. The other one has kind of a affiliation. Uh, Notre Dame narrowly escapes uh, losing to Duke. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what happens with Riley Leonard, but I hope, I hope he's okay. Uh, injured on the last play of the game there. Uh, for the Duke offense, but uh, really, really good defensive battle there between the Irish and 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 uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, another fantastic contest in the in the late window. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun to watch this one as much as it was to watch the Ole Miss LSU game, even though they were very different contests. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of fun with this one, and Mike Elko, in my mind, is still one of the best defensive minds in the sport right now. Yes, he is, Mike Elko, amazing. Um, Listen, Duke, man, they almost had him. And I wish, I know Mike Elko knows more about football than I will ever know. He's probably uh, forgot more about football than I will ever know. However, man, you got to send more than three guys. They played prevent and they gave Hartman this. He just picked them apart at the end. Um, And that's my only complaint about this Duke, this game. Duke. Man, they just stayed in the game, and they were just a pest the entire game against Notre Dame. Um, Notre Dame's a good football team, no question about it. But you know what? So is Duke. So is Duke. I like this Blue Devils team, still undefeated in conference. Um, I I really like this Duke team, and I'm going to see if they're paying attention 
or if they're they're listening because we had two of our correspondents, uh, my buddy Al and former uh, co-host of my first rodeo, Juke Sports, uh, Cots. They were at the game. Cots is a Durham resident, so they. If you're wondering who how I got some of those in stadium uh, videos from that night, Jay, it was from those two guys. So big thank you for them for providing us a little bit of content. But um, <laughs> we're always looking for more we're always, correspondence. Yeah, we if if you're at a game and and you have like cool stadium views or tailgate views or something like that, send it to us. We'll you know we we got to screen them first, but we'll we'll definitely send them out. But um, great footage, by the way, Alan Kotzgabi from inside of Duke Stadium. It's I want to say Wade Wallace. I want to say it's Wade Wallace Stadium. But anyway, great, great footage they gave us. Um, and that's fun, man. Like to see again, they're a basketball school through and through. But to see them like get fired up about football, that's awesome. And uh, I still like Duke the rest of the year. But Notre Dame, Notre Dame's still a good team. Got to keep your eye on Sam Hartman, by the way. Amazing. Great. Uh, great. Great quarterback. Seems like a great dude, too. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciated him going over to check on Riley Leonard after the fact. Awesome. That was and a, he's done things like that all year. Awesome. So before yeah. you start your FCS minute, I, I have two things I want to address. <laughs> two Jake rants. Baby. Yeah. So I don't know. We got to find a. We, we, we got to find a name for these. So first, uh, in reference to the Penn State game, uh, just some context penn state had a sleepy start against northwestern uh went to halftime tied they did win the game 41 13 with two minutes and 20 seconds to go uh james franklin trots out uh backup quarterback quarterback bo perbola and uh the second string d or sorry the second string offense during that they ran um a stack doubles formation with a fake quarterback power with possibly a with uh, a choice route with the running back coming out of the backfield um possibly uh i don't know that one completely however um there was no safety help whatever the running back read worked because when he came out of the backfield he had a no one inside leverage he had only a guy outside leverage, stuck his foot in the ground to get him off balance, and then ran seam wide open, touchdown Trey Potts. Backup running back, running back, by the way. So, of course, that hit the over. That made Penn State cover and all these people coming out of the woodwork. Now, if you want to say uh, Jimmy Frank, Jimmy Vegas Franklin uh, knows the spread, you know what? Fine. I, I'm going to – fine. However – um, this is the guy who lost his backup quarterback two years ago and it completely derailed the season because we had Taquan Roberson just handing the ball off every time he's in garbage time. So now uh, Penn State doesn't like sling it, sling it, but like, hey, throw a pass here, throw a pass there. This particular one, uh, Trey Potts makes a great read with no safety help and scores a touchdown. Uh, what do you want them to do? These are backup players. And it's not like fades to the end zone. This was a go route with the running back. Um, again, may have been a choice based on leverage. But the big thing is, it's not a fake knee. And originally, I, when I saw it, I was like, ooh, did we just fake a knee? But then, uh, again, Jay, uh, you know more about football than I do, I think X's and O's wise. However, <laughs> uh, 
Debatable. I, I know a, a victory formation when I see one, and that was not it. Again, uh, have you ever seen double stack uh, and victory formation? Never. No. Never. Also, uh, Jay, you play defense. Don't they tell the guys, hey, they're taking a knee here before it happens? 100%. Yes. So yeah, you're, you're, you're told ahead of time. You're told ahead of time. Uh, so, uh, so a Shiano, uh, a Shiano Tampa Bay Buccaneers thing doesn't take place where they're diving at their <laughs> legs. So dive whams and sweeps yeah. and quarterback keeps and the one where they dive at their legs, yeah. <laughs> the Shiano man. So it's not a fake Neil. You can see the, the, the guard pulling for fake power. So, can we stop with this fake kneel? I've never seen a guard pulling on, on a kneel. On now. a kneel. So <laughs> this is a fake kneel that is a variation of their RPO offense because, again, Bo Brabola goes in. I think I told you in the Iowa game, Jay, I was like, this is going to be a completely different offense. He's going to run and, and run read option the entire time. And that's what they did. So can we stop with the fake kneel stuff? Maryland people were, oh, my God. I corrected one guy. And I had Maryland people in my reply saying I was a, a cultist and that I, I don't, you know, uh, um, uh, Franklin loyalist, Homer, get my eyes checked, the whole deal. So basically, I'm just letting you know, it's not a fake Neil. All right. And if you think it's a fake Neil, if you are on line saying this was a fake Neil, you just outed yourself of not knowing football. So just letting you know, I hate the gatekeep. But don't open your mouth and let the stupid fly out, okay? We we will send the Swifties after you yeah. if you try us again. Oh, we will. We will because they are they follow football now. All right. Uh, next rant. Uh, Trent Dilford is an absolute clown, all right? This guy, I f- always felt bad for Trent Dilford because he was always the bad quarterback who won a Super Bowl. And, like, I thought he was okay as an analyst, I think, on CBS. But this dude has been co- been a head coach of football for four years, got a job at UAB with four years' experience of being a head coach. Two of those were high school, all right? And before you, before anyone says, well, Dion and blah, 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 um, Dion Sanders is also a – might be a recruiting mastermind and is going to bring a lot of eyeballs. No one's tuning into UAB – for Trent Dilfer. So I'm just going to say that. Also, this guy went viral for a bad reason because he grabbed the hold of a player. Listen, two things can be true in that situation also. The kid can be acting like a spoiled brat and Trent Dilfer can also be a giant tool. So both of those things can be true. Trent Dilfer undresses, completely goes medieval on one of his assistants. Okay, which, Jay, we've seen that before. We've seen Nick Saban do it. We've seen a lot of coaches do it. But guess what? Those guys have a reputation of this is the way we do things. Trent Dilfer, you have been coaching college athletics for two years. And you're going to try and undress an assistant coach. It sounds like to me you're losing. And it's look at me. I'm yelling at my assistant. This isn't my fault. It's not my fault. Please don't blame me. It's my assistant's fault. Don't blame me. So Trent Dilford, go suck an egg. You're a, this is a complete clown hire. You went from Bill Clark 
to this asshat. So Trent Dilford, I I, I know Trent Dilford's not going to hear this, but for the if there are people out there that like Trent Dilford, uh, I'm sorry. I, I think Trent Dilford is just. I think he's just a. I think he's a bad hire. I think he's a. I think he's a just a. I don't want to say bad human, but I think he's a bad hire, and I think he's a giant head case. All right. Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of this hire when it was announced. None uh, of us were. None of the players wanted Coach uh, Brian Vincent uh, to be hired on permanently. He was the interim coach who took yeah. over for Bill Clark after Coach they Clark did okay, retired. Right? Uh, yeah, and they went to a bowl game. I think they went six uh, and six. Or they're something. not going to a bowl game this year. No, they're not. Good. You know what? You know what, Jay? I used to like. I used to love pulling for UAB. Good form. Good form. <laughs> you reap what I, you sow. I feel sow. bad for the kids. I do. I feel uh, bad for the kids. Hang on. I feel bad for the kids. I feel bad for the kids. <laughs> I don't feel bad for the but, program and the uh, higher ups there. I, I am also not particularly a Dilfer fan, uh, but. Changing the subject because I'm a, on a, agreement on that. On a lighter note, I don't have much to add. Uh, the FCF's minute. If uh, we're looking for a sponsor now, since I'm unemployed, we so are, if you want to sponsor open. the FCS minute, uh, hop on in here. Uh, we'll start off with the one of the better games from last week: South Dakota Coyotes. Dude, yeah, uh, right? pull off the upset. Not not South Dakota State national champions. South Dakota Coyotes. Uh, they go into the Fargo Dome and they upset North Dakota State. Uh, big win for the Coyotes. Uh, so that's something to monitor going forward. My game of the week for this week, uh, we're staying in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Uh, South Dakota State, number one team in the country at FCS, goes to number 22 team in the country at FCS, Illinois State Redbirds. Uh, this is going to be a fun matchup. Again, Missouri Valley Football Conference, Big Sky, two of the – Premier conferences in FCS, a lot of fun games going on. Uh, but yeah, South Coast State at Illinois State is going to be my game of the week for week six. And as your FCS minute presented by a sponsor here. <laughs> Insert sponsor here. All right, Jay. Let's uh, let's make some picks, man. Let's make some picks. Let's dive in. Let's start at the Red River shootout slash showdown. Slash rivalry. Uh, Texas is a six-point favorite over Oklahoma. And I like Texas here. I do. I really like Texas here. I think Texas wins this game comfortably. I think Oklahoma is a good team, but I think they're a tad overrated. I like Texas. I don't like Texas, but I am taking them here as well. Uh, Red River shootout, great environment. Uh, one of the few neutral site games that I think we're both in agreement on mm-hmm. is okay where it is. Uh, it's it's a really cool atmosphere. If you ever get a chance to go, highly recommend it. State Fair, Texas, all kinds of fried foods. Uh, stadium split perfectly 50-50. Uh, but unfortunately, I am going to have to take Texas minus six in this one. All right. Next up, Maryland at Ohio State. Ohio State, 19.5-point favorites. I'm not betting this game, but I'm going to say this. It's a shame Maryland's not ranked because this gives Ohio State a ranked win. Uh, again, I'm sorry, Maryland fans. Be, but Maryland should be ranked here. I don't think there's any excuse why Maryland should not be ranked. Um, but it hurts Ohio State here because I think this could have given them a ranked win. Um I am leaning towards Ohio State covering. 
I think a lot of people are high on Maryland. I listen, I like this Maryland team. I think this Maryland is a good team. I think oh, this is the game. Ohio state reminds everybody of who they are. And the other thing is Maryland gets wins based off their skill guys. Ohio state is going to match their skill and they're going to have a little bit more push in the trenches. I love Buckeyes here to cover 19 and a half. I'm not going to bet it though, but I, I do like it. I'm taking Maryland to cover. Uh, <laughs> moving on UCF at Kansas. Uh, this line stinks. Doesn't it? Like this is a stinky line in my opinion. Kansas minus two and a half for the record. Central Florida. You think central Florida again, D- Daniel's out a uh, Billy bean ain't bad though. Yeah, old Jason String Bean, baby. I know. Uh, another great backup quarterback. Obviously, he's not as good as Daniel. So no. There's a reason he's a backup. He's good. But this is still a, a talented Kansas team. And I know they're going to be disappointed coming off the loss to Texas. But uh, I still think they're a better team than UCF, more complete team than UCF. Same. So I, I, I like Kansas to cover. I think, and a half. I think I'm going to take the cheese. Oh, I yeah. think I'm going to take the cheese and take Kansas. Yeah. Because I think this. Uh, wait, you're saying Kansas should win this game, right? Yes. Like they they should cover easily. Ten. Ten. Right. My, my That's thought. what I'm thinking too. UCF though, coming off that loss to Baylor again, you have those losses that you blow a fourth quarter lead. It does one of two things. It either one, it wakes up your entire program, or two, it you're just it's uh, it's dead the next week. So here's the other side of this: is uh, the new. Big 12 teams have not beaten one of the older Big 12 teams yet. So, something to add on. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I want to take Kansas because I like Bean. He's, he's, uh, and I like he's one of those legendary, like, you know how NFL has those, like, legendary backup quarterback moments that, like, like Kyle Lorton comes in and, like, wins a couple games or, like, somebody, like, Kitna. It's magic, baby. It's ma- yeah, Fitz Magic was great at it. Like that's that's Jason Bean, man. Jason Bean just comes in and and he just he's gonna make it entertaining. Like that one uh, Flynn Matt Flynn game for the Packers. But yeah, oh yeah, I think I'm taking the cheese. I'm not I'm not positive on this because my philosophy says you take UCF because it looks too good for Kansas. But I kind of want to take the cheese with Kansas there. But stay tuned for that one. I'm not quite. Uh, this is a ranked versus ranked matchup, it which. Is you could not have predicted going into the season uh, uh, LSU at Mizzou uh, I'm, I'm, Mizzou plus six and a half. I mean, Jay, you and Pablo laughed at me when I said, Hey, watch out for Mizzou. We did. So I, I would just like, again, they, they could lose every, every <laughs> game from this, but I said, Hey, they might get to be a little frisky. And I think they are. I'm not betting this one. I want to see how LSU um, responds. I do think this, LSU's defense, I think, is a perfect matchup for Missouri here just because I don't Missouri's offense isn't great. Um, I think LSU's defense, this is going to be a get right game for them. But what the 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 heavy hitter, the matchup here is Mizzou's defense versus LSU's offense. And because Missouri has a, a pretty nice defense. So yeah. I don't know what this game's gonna be. I'm not betting this one, but I think this is going to be this is going to be a must watch game, especially if you're in SEC country. Yeah, I'm hammering LSU. Uh, I just think the Tigers have too much on the Jimmy and Joe side of things yeah. uh, for Mizzou, and this is where the game will kind of catch up to them, especially because like I think LSU can win by a touchdown, mm-hmm. and getting Mizzou at, at six and a half. I mean, 
look, it's it's reasonable to think that LSU will will win by a touchdown at least. Yeah. No, I I, I can uh, I can see it. But uh, next up, we have Fresno at Wyoming. Uh, First of all, I love that this game is getting the Big Fox treatment. Uh, It's not the big noon kickoff, but they're going to put it on Big Fox at 7 p.m. Central. I guess that's 8 o'clock your time, Jake. But, uh, I mean, man, I just... uh, Wyoming at home, 7,220 feet, plays a role. Uh, I am taking Wyoming to cover this. I think Fresno State may still escape with a win. Uh, but that is among the toughest places to play, and, and you know I'm a sucker for elevation. I know, I know. I'll say it until the cows come home, or the cowboys come home in this case. Yeah, Lar- man, that stadium's going to be rocking, too. We we should go up to Laramie sometime. Dude, I would love. Why not? I would love to go up to Laramie. I'd love to do. We talk about elevation so much. Um, So for, here's the thing. I want to bet on this game because I want a little extra juice when I watch it. Because I think, God, listen, I know people listening are like, oh, my, like, Jay, Jake, like, you guys are really talking about Fresno, Wyoming? Yes. If you, like, if you're a diehard. Wyoming pulled off an upset and beat Texas Tech this yeah. year. They were tied going into the fourth quarter with Texas. This is a good Wyoming Fresno team. beat Purdue. Fresno State, they beat Purdue. Right. And they are undefeated so far. Yeah. This is a great game. Like, if this is one of those great group of five games. Again, it's it's getting uh, Fox uh, Fox Fox at night, a big 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 Fox night. No, what's it yeah, called? Yeah, I, I just called it Big Fox. Big I, Fox. I don't know yeah, what to call it. It's anyway, not Fox Sports One. It's going to be on Fox proper. It's going to be on the the regular Fox. So this is going to be a great game. I everyone should watch this football game. This is going to be two. You don't have an excuse because like you're going to have it. You're going to have it's it. Fox. You're going to have, have it. it. It's two pro. It's two very good teams this year coming out of the group of five and it's going to give a small venue. It's going to be small venue, but a lot of noise, a big atmosphere. And it's going to be another one of those games that make college football. Great, but definitely tune in this one. I might ride with you with Wyoming here to cover. I might ride Ride for the the brand, baby Ride with the elevation. Um, Kentucky at Georgia. Uh, Georgia, 14 and a half point favorites. Uh, we've been waiting for the when is Georgia going to turn into Georgia game. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's going to be this weekend. Kentucky money line. Oh, what? No way. Is that you're going to wait? Hang on. Tell everybody about your. Is this going to be your, your money? This line is going to be my upset special. Well, oh. let me let me double check to make sure. Because like the rule is it has to be a plus 300 or greater mm-hmm. underdog. So I'm gonna I'm as gonna you pop look at as the... you look at that. I want to fill everybody in. Uh, Jay, even though not not great against the spread right now, not great. But we're not going to talk about that. What we are going to talk about is Jay is doing a great job of finding favor or sorry finding underdog money line bets. And you've hit what three out of five? I am three for five so far this year. So you'd be uh... making money if you riding if you're riding with him with his. Um, upset special, baby. Upset specials. All right. Uh, so I'm going to odds. Sorry, I'm I'm kind of an idiot. So I guess I'm struggling to navigate here. Uh, but let's let's find out what the odds are here. So I can get Kentucky plus four seventy. Oh, uh, it. so that it's going to be my upset special. I like Kentucky with the points. They are going to shorten this game. They're going to run the football. And with Auburn running the football like they were, 
again, I, I think Kentucky is going to be able to at least have a little bit of success. Here's the one thing that worries me. Auburn's success was with the read option. That's not how Kentucky runs the football. Kentucky goes right at you. So a little worried there, but I think I would, I love getting this with the hook. I love getting this at 14 and a half. If it goes yeah. down to 13 and a half, I start to worry. I mean, let me be clear. The odds are the odds for a reason, right? It's not special for a reason. There's a reason that we don't put this on the tweets uh, because it's it's kind of just like a fun money line thing. Uh, I love Kentucky with the points, but I mean, I just it, it, it's kind of more of a vibes thing when I do these upset special picks, and uh, I really like Kentucky as my uh, catching a Georgia slipping this week. Uh, next up, the butt game. I hope it comes up like butt too. I have a feeling it's not going to. I feel like it's going to be the tub game. No. To tub. To tub. To tub. <laughs> T-T-U-B. For those of you who don't know what we're referencing, Texas Tech and Baylor play. Uh, when you do the abbreviations correctly, it's B-U for Baylor and T-T for Texas Tech. But. Yeah. So the butt game. Um, Baylor, one point favorite. At home, I kind of like Tech. Baylor, big emotional win. I think I like Texas Tech in this one. I still think Texas Tech is a good football team. Yeah, I I like Texas Tech in this one as well. Uh, And I think they'll travel well. There's still a lot to play for in the Big 12. So Mm. uh, I'm, I'm riding with the Red Raiders here in this one. All right, here we go. Last game, Alabama at A&M. Jay, you'll be there, right? I will be there. Uh, it should be a thriller. And just to set the stage here, uh, obviously A&M's unranked right now, which makes sense after they lost to Miami. Uh, but they've played pretty good football the last two games, as we talked about with the 30 tackles for loss. Pretty impressive over a two-game span. They get an Alabama team that's maybe a little bit down. Uh, they don't look to be as dominant as they've been in years past. And obviously, like part of that is just because we're so used to what Alabama is. With that being said, winner of this game is the leader of the SEC West. So there are stakes on the line. Uh, Kyle Field should be jumping. If it's not, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. Uh, man, so this this line when it started, and again, I never bet A&M for reasons, uh, but the line when this started was Alabama minus four. It's down to Texas A&M uh, plus two and a half or Alabama minus two and a half. If you want to look at it that way. So there's been some movement. Uh, again, stakes are high. So this should be a fun one. Uh, I mean, I do think Kyle field and, and the home field advantage is going to play a factor, but uh, I, I am, I am very much looking forward to this one. A&M still unranked. And is still unranked. I think I'm riding with you, man. I think I'm taking Aggies. I'm taking them plus two and a half. I don't. I don't have the cojones right now to take a money line, but I think I'm going to take Texas A&M two and a half. Again, I mean this. This should be a fantastic game. Unranked. Uh, I think A&M matches yeah. up well. You, uh, especially with how good the run defense has been. I know, man. And like looking at this line, dude, two and a half. You're telling me Alabama power. I know they haven't looked great, but powerhouse Alabama, the dynasty. The biggest dynasty in college football since maybe Oklahoma in the 1950s, okay, is taking on AM, who is unranked, 
and AM is getting only getting two and a half. To me, I think it smells. I think it's AM. I like it. I like AM. I've talked myself into it. AM plus two and a half. Gig them. I'm taking the Aggies. Either way, I'm uh, I'm gonna be very excited to be in College Station on Saturday. Yeah, you're love Should it. be a fun one. You're gonna really enjoy yourself on Saturday. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. You good. know it. All right, Jay. Any parting words for the people? Man, a lot of good football this weekend. Uh, again, we want to harp that you need to watch that Fresno State at Wyoming game. It's gonna be a fun contest. Uh, but man, again, if y'all are in stadiums, send us picks. Yeah. Send us picks. Let it let you know. Be our be our live correspondents from around the country because we love these stadiums. I mean, I mean, we talked about it earlier. We're just fans of college football in general. Uh, so any any chance we get to just kind of revel in that is going to be great. Uh, make sure you you send stuff our way. And you know, if you have any questions for us on the podcast, happy to answer those too. So uh, be sure that you you follow and, and subscribe and like and do all the things that uh, let us know. Uh, you're enjoying the show. Yeah. Yeah. Tell a friend too. You, if you know someone that likes college football, tell them like, Hey, this guy from Texas and this guy from Pennsylvania are actually uh, pretty, they're actually pretty good. So send that, follow us, like our stuff, send us pictures. I love uh, posting pictures and videos from wherever you guys are. Um, listen, our, we our following is growing a little bit over the past couple months and, um, We'd love to be even more interactive with you guys. So from us here, thanks again for tuning in. And as always, have a great week.